in the best cases and just for the 30% of the water of the big cities, that water goes to water treatment plants that usually use bacteria to consume the organic load that is the poop of the water. And then the bacterial body have to be disposed in some way. You can burn it, you can put it in landfills. It consumes a large amount of money. And then just the more developed cities in the world can pay that. So the 70% of the water that are produced in the smaller cities and towns are just not treated. The poop goes to the river. Our proposal is to use the sewage that we produce to culture microbiology, capture carbon dioxide and produce energy. Welcome to the Mr. Rat Show, where I talk to the most interesting global personalities about the future of humanity. Hey, beautiful humans. I'm sitting down here for a chat today with my Colombian brother, Jaime Gutierrez. Jaime has a PhD on biological sciences with multiple papers and scientific studies published all over the place. But, you know, the coolest thing is, and I want you to listen to this beautiful story carefully, there is a small town in the north of Colombia called Santiago Apostol. Santiago Apostol is rather a poor village by Western standards, I would say. And if you open Google Maps and type Santiago Apostol, Colombia, you will notice that the town is surrounded by swamps. Unfortunately, those swamps are getting more and more contaminated. And the thing is, the villagers, people that live there, their main income source is fishing. Artisanal, low technology, low capital fishing is what feeds the population of Santiago Apostol in the north of Colombia. Now, here comes Jaime and his team with the help of algae. And they're decontaminating the swamps around this village and giving hope to the local fisheries. Jaime, ¿cómo estás? How are you doing? It's a pleasure to have you on here. Hello, I'm, I'm, very, I'm very good. Thank you for this uh, interesting invitation. That's great to hear, Jaime. Let's start by just telling people how all this works, because you, I mean, you, your project and your company became kind of viral when the World Economic Forum published a video of what you guys are doing in the north of Colombia. Starting from the very beginning, how did you choose yes. which river, which lake, which swamp to clean? And how do you do it? Well, uh, the process began in the laboratory during my PhD. And we was trying to understand how we can use the natural capacity of microalgae, because we only work with uh, um, microscopic algae, not with the large algae that you can see with your eyes in the, in the ocean. This is microscopic. Then we, I, we was uh, trying to understand in my research group how we can uh, take advantage of the natural capacities of, of these microalgae to uh, retire the pollutants in the water, you know. And then we get, in, we was invited uh, from the governor of Sucre, which is a, like a state, a department, it's a state in the north of Colombia. And he says, uh, I have this problem with this river that is going to this swamp and it's very polluted. And I want to know if you can help me to solve this pollution problem with your microalgae that you have in the lab. So we accept and we go there. We present a project to, to, to seek funding for the, for, from the government 
And then we, will, we, we achieve that, we get the funding, and then we work together with the department, my university, which is Los Andes University, and the University of Sucre, another university from Barranquilla, and we go there and we select microgis from the swamp that uh, have the problem, and then we uh, strength that microgis in our reactors and put it back in the in the river in the in the stream because it's not a river; it's really a stream, um, and the swamp, and we achieve to uh, decrease the contamination and the back and the. Uh, dangerous bacteria that was present in that water and was a hazard for the population. Okay, so hold on there because so <laughs> you, you you you, I'm trying to get it here. You have a team and you from with the help of different organizations, universities, etc. Yeah, and the approval of the local governor. You said go, let's go there and take a sample of the water in the swamp and take yeah, it back because... to the lab. Yeah, because there is important clarification is that we always work with local microgy. We never take microgy from one zone and put it in a in another. Why is that important? important? That's important because the ecology. That's important because when you put uh, when you use organisms that are not local, you have the risk to to produce a damage in the ecosystem because that organism. Uh, could, could uh, make it dominant in the new zone, and then you have a problem, mm. and then you will this, not. Yeah, this reminds me, and it has nothing to do with with this story, but it reminds me a bit of the story that went viral also uh, some years ago of this hippos, hippopotamus that were like going around yes. the rivers of Colombia after <laughs> Pablo exactly Escobar had brought some samples some animals from Africa and many years later yeah. there, were, there was a plague of hippos in Colombia that is not of course a natural habitat for these big animals so it's kind of it's kind of comparable situations yes, and they, comparable. it happens the same with microorganisms like algae then yes true it's totally true it's very accurate your, your example with the difference that microorganisms are very fast in reproduction so you will see the damage much, much faster than with the hippos. But it's true. That's the reason why we work with local microorganisms. And there is another reason, and is the efficiency. Because that cells, that microgy, are more adapted to the specific conditions, environmental conditions. They will work better for that conditions in order to reduce the pollution. And that's the other reason why we take from the local environment. I get it. I get it. Okay. So you go there, you take a sample of water and then you take it back to the lab. And what do you do in the lab? In the lab, we identify the different species of microgy that we have in the water of that place. And then we know because of the literature, because of all the works and our own experience, what of that microgies that are already present are good for consume the specific pollutants that we also identify in the samples. For a, it's an example, it's different water that is polluted with oil, the water that is polluted with uh, sewage, you know, it's different yeah. and will be different species that are good for each kind of uh, pollution. So we select the ones that are better for the specific case of pollution that uh, are in the, in the place. And then we run different uh, culture cycles in our reactors that basically what the reactors do is to stimulate with the uh, different um, photic cycles. It's like the 
the light, the, the, the photo periods of, of the micro-G, because micro-G, as the plants, are photosynthetics. Okay. Uh, organisms. So they so grow with light. They need light, basically. They need light to grow, with the difference that they could grow just with light, or, and, and also they could use the pollutants like food. So uh, we, we, we call that biomentation. That's a technical term in which we strained and increase the number of that specific species that we selected, uh, previously selected, and then we go and put it in, again in the swamp and the stream, and they do the work. Okay, and so how much algae do you take from the contaminated water body, like the, from the swamp, for example, in, in terms of liters or gallons? How, much, how big is that sample? How much do you need? 10 liters. <laughs> 10 liters, so very little. And then we select... We, we find, for example, like 68 different species. And when okay. we come back to the region, we only have 12 that we was, was selected for, for do the work. And that okay, 12 so, species. So, 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 sorry. So you have in, in, in the sample, you, you realize that the, the swamp may have more, let's say more than 50 species of algae. You go back to the lab, you do the work, and uh -huh. then you come back. You come back with less species, not the less 50. Species. Just 12, okay. yeah. Just, Just 12. 12, why? Why? Because that was the species that we, we know that will eat the pollutants that are, was present in the environment. What the happens with species, the other species? Do they die after you put more of these other species? No, that's a good thing. They don't die because, uh, because this is a, I mean, we select the 12 species, but when, when they go back to the, to the stream or the swamp, there is a lot of zooplankton that is like microscopic animals that use that microalgae like, like food. So uh, you don't have a change in the number of species of the swamp. And that's, mm -hmm. that's very important because that will be a damage. You know, if, if all 12 species become dominant in that swamp, that will be yeah. bad. No matter... Okay. No matter if we uh, reduce the pollution, but our, our goal is to reduce the pollution without make change in the, in the environment. The damaging the environment, the ecosystem. Yeah, the, the ecosystem, yeah. Okay. The diversity, and, basically. The diversity. And this plankton, they eat any kind of algae or do they have a specific plankton that they like better? Uh, sorry, algae that they like better or something? They have, they have their preference, but they the truth is we scientists didn't know to the detail that. So that's why it's so important to work with local species. Because mm -hmm. if that species was there, I'm very sure that it will be a zooplankton there that could eat that one. But if I take a different microalgae for another zone of Colombia, I could mm -hmm. think that probably would be eat it but i can assure that for sure like mm. I, I can say that like uh, with, with proof so so that, that that's the basic of, of the importance of use local species and these microscopic organisms have been evolving in this environment for how many years we know that they are very very old that's mm -hmm. why they are in i mean like all the world they are here in the planet before us, before dinosaurs. You know, they are here yeah. from millions of years. <laughs> they are the ancestors of the, of the visible plants. 
the multicellular plants, the trees, all the grass, all that organisms evolve from the group of microalgaes. From microalgaes. How did you get into microalgaes? The other day I was, um, you know, yes. uh, we talked about this already. You studied medicine and you wanted to become a doctor and you were successful being a doctor for a while, but then you got tired of yes. it and wanted to do something else. But now you went into microalgaes and this is very specific. <laughs> so yeah, I want to know what's specific. your fascination with algaes at the moment. Well, my dear friends say that I'm still a doctor, just that okay. the, I'm, I'm a physician, just the patient now is the planet. And that's very... <laughs> okay, that's that's, very that's a good way of putting it, yes. Yeah, but the, the truth is uh, I was working in innovation with biotechnology. And at that moment, like uh, I will say like 14 years ago, I was doing my master's degree and I was trying to produce a recombinant protein, human, human recombinant protein of uh, uh, pulmonary, pulmonary surfactant. It's a very complex thing, but the, the, the point is I was trying to find an unicellular microorganisms to work that was not a bacteria because I, I was worried about the immunology involved in the in produce uh, a human protein in a bacteria. So then I, I, I begin to try to establish contact with different scientists in the world uh, that work with, for example, microalgaes. And then I find Dr. Siva Subramanian from Chennai, India. And he, he I mean, we, we talk about by mail and he asked me to invite him to Colombia to try to understand what I want to do. And I do that. And he came here. We made like a academic event about microalgaes. Uh, and, and then we, we find that we work <laughs> well together. And, and he said me like, well, I can teach you about microalgae biotechnology for the thing that you want to do in human health. But in exchange, I want you help me to, 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 to fight the pollution of the planet. I want you become, and it's a quote, green warrior <laughs> for the planet. So it uh, was like a joint venture that we made and I accept. And, and then I begin to, to work with this. And then the happens that the, the I mean, the, this technology works very well. And, and the step by step, will like consuming all my time. Now I'm full time in the in the business of of uh, fight the pollution. <laughs> You're a green warrior now. I am a green warrior. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So yeah. now, so now, t tell me something because you also because so so what I understand is that you started touching the topic of microalgaes because you wanted to help the human body. So that leads me to the next question. Can we use microalgae to clean other ecosystems? So it's not only about rivers, oceans, swamps, or landfill with trash. Or can we also clean maybe our own bodies? What else can we use the microalgae for? Well, one of the, the most important capacities that microalgae have is to capture carbonic dioxide from the air, CO2. That, as many people know, is a problem because we are having this balance in that in the, the level of, of CO2 in the air, in the atmosphere is rising because our activity, human activity. And then we find that if we connect that capacity of microalgae with something that is profitable, like, for example, produce energy, then we can help to reduce the amount of that gas in the atmosphere. And then we work in a system 
they could, could use the um, sewage, the wastewater of the cities, as input to grow microalgae, capture CO2, and then transform all that biomass, which is microalgae, in energy, into energy, recycling the gases. So in interesting. Okay, but that that is done all in the same uh, plant, in the same infrastructure, with the same infrastructure as in the same facility. Yeah, yeah. So let's go back to the facility. Let's go back to the facility because I think when you were saying that you take five to ten, twelve liters of of the of the sample of the of the swamp, of the water yeah. contaminated water, then you take it back to the lab. You do some bio augmentation with yeah. water. Sorry, with light, so that more algae grows. And then you take not the fifty kinds of algae that you found, but maybe ten or twelve half of yes. it. Um, and then you put it back into the water swamp. No, and not exactly. Not exactly. Not exactly. Okay, cool. No. Then tell me what you happens. You get like 50 liters of the yeah. 12, of the just 12 microalgae, and we come back to the territory, to the to the place, to San Benito Abad, to Santiago Apostol, and then we install a photo, a photo reactors to grow these just 12 species, because the amount of microalgae that you need to, to reduce the pollution in a large body water like this one is, is enormous. So we create the infrastructure in the, in the zone, and then we culture the microalgae intensively. So at the moment in, when we was running the parade, we was producing more than 12,000 gallons of that selected culture of microalgae. Daily. 12,000 know? gallons. And that's for how, how big is the water body that you can clean with 12,000 gallons of microalgae? Well, that cave was the uh, Arroyo Grande de Corozal. That's the name of the, of the stream. And how it's like, uh, how can I express that? It's, it's a stream that carries the sewage of uh, a city of mm. 300,000 persons and four more towns. So okay. imagine that. It's, it's kind of small, but it's also large. <laughs> See. Okay. And do you know how many people live around that area, more or less? Yeah, it's uh, 1.2 million. Okay, that's, that's quite a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, was, that was large. That was, I mean, like, uh, at that moment, I think it was the, the largest microalgae culture facility in, the, in, in, the, in Colombia. For sure, and maybe in South America, because like okay. I said, and the, after we increased to fourteen thousand gallons daily, and that was the dose for produce an effect in in that swamp. So wow. then you go and swamp it all in all the all these gallons every day in the every in the, day, every day. So every it's day a it's a big operational process. It's a big operational process and it was very challenging because it was very far away from the grid. We have not electricity, we have not water, like water supply. So we have to do everything in the same plant and the roads was uh, very bad. Mm. There was a lot of challenge. There I mean, people that haven't been in, in, in Colombia, especially this part of Colombia, need to understand that this is a very, unfortunately, poor, in yeah. most of the cases, area yes. where not having clean water is just the normal and not having maybe electricity is also the normal and where you unfortunately have trash everywhere and people 
don't have the resources to even educate themselves or understand why that's not good. So what else? So I want to go to the community aspect as well, because I think that's very important. But before jumping there, I want to close this rabbit hole that we went into <laughs> with the with trying to understand again. So you go every day and you throw into the water this 12, 14 gallons of microalgae. How long do you does it take for you to see results? Six months. Six and, months. And we throw the gallons, the forty thousand gallons. We throw it in the in the in the stream, not in the in the swamp. Okay. Because in the stream. one of the principles of this process that we use the like the origin of the cushion, like the same tool for deliver the solution. You know, so we don't go to the swamp that was already polluted. We go to the stream that was causing the pollution and we put the microgy over the, the stream like five kilometers before the streams reach the, the swamp. And, and it ends up in the swamp. The water ends up, of course, in the swamp and then the swamp yes. also gets cleaned, basically. Yes, yes, yes. And that, that's very important for the successful of the process that you calculate that and that depends on the amount of water and the velocity of the water in the stream or river. That's a thing that you have to calculate at the beginning of the process. And like you say before, it's a very, it's a poor zone. However, the San Benito Abad population is very, is, is kind of nice, have a beautiful church and they have electricity. They do have electricity and they do have water. But the thing is the place where we have to install the facility to produce the microgy was not in the town, was far away because we have to go to the stream and then that was the that was uh, why the process was so challenging. Thank you for clarifying that San Benito is a beautiful town. I'm sure everyone that is listening to this would like to at least look at photos on Google. So go yes, ahead and yes. Google it. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and for the people that uh, is, is is a believer, is like Christian believer, Catholic, yeah. they have a very important church there with a very very important. I mean, they they made the like two twice a year. An yeah. event with a lot of people goes to that town for for okay. No, it's a, it's definitely a beautiful area that it's yes, undervalued yes. in my opinion. It's not very exploited in terms of oh no, so, have, um, have a very enormous potential for ecotourists, for example, for people that exactly. go to watch birds and natural. Nat it's, it's, it's amazing the potential that that song has. Tell me something, when you take the algae to the lab, the microalgae to the lab, do you, do they become stronger when, when they go through your process of? Yeah, but it's because, I mean, microalgae and microorganisms in general, they are very, I mean, they have a very broad set of capabilities. And then we discover that we, if we change the stimulation of the light, we can make them like increase their metabolic rate. It's like when you go over the the running belt, you know, mm. belt, when you you're faster, on steroids, basically, you consume calories faster. So mm. without touch the DNA, without make any genetic intervention, you can get microgies that eat faster. Basically, in this case, eat the pollutant faster. Mm. They're literally eating the pollutants. Yeah, the pollutants are their their favorite burger. But what if the <laughs> what if the what if the burger is bigger? I imagine this is for liquid pollutants. But what if it's a big object, or how does that work? 
No, it doesn't work. We can fight garbage. No, we can't do anything with that. Okay. But unfortunately, that's easier. I mean, there is a lot of solution for remove uh, visible garbage from the water bodies. The problem is the invisible pollution. That's the most expensive um, and difficult to remove before or process. How, how about microplastics? I know that's a big problem in the fishing industry. Yeah, microplastic is my, is my Moby Dick. I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's my new Moby Dick. Uh, um, they cool, yeah, they take microplastic for sure. But in that case, you don't have a, a process of, uh, I mean, I'm talking about we, what we know currently. Probably that will have an advance in the next year. But right now, we know that the microplastic are not biodegrade by microbes. What means that is not transformed. They can, some species take the microplastic and get inside the cells, but they stay there. And then that's a problem actually, because the zooplankton eats that microbe and the microplastics are there. And then the fishes eat that zooplankton and the microplastic are there. You know, that does a big problem actually. For example, for the whales and for the big mammals in the ocean that they eat almost exclusively plankton and they are accumulating because the long lives that they have, they are accumulating a big amounts of plastics, microplastic inside their they body, their bodies. So, so this is a problem that is still to, to be achieved. I mean, like, I don't know yeah. how to solve right now, but yeah. I'm working on that. Okay. Okay. Let's hope you can find a solution. You have to give me a call oh. when you do. That will be great. <laughs> Tell me something. I mean, microplastics, everyone hears about microplastics all the time, but how, what is that actually? Is it like micro, the micro pieces of, of a plastic bag yes. that ends up in the water, for example? Yes, yes, yes. I mean, the plastic, the large plastic that you can see with your eyes are like degraded and then yeah. uh, break it in very, very small parts. And then the, the, that's the basic pro problem. They float. They goes direct to the oceans and then they stay there and there is not enzymes or system in the biological system that ca could degrade that plastic. So that's why they're accumulating in the whales, basically, and all the, the ecosystem. And it's a big problem. It's a really, really big problem that we don't know yet how to, to, to fight. And when you look around the world, what other ways are we humans using to clean water besides microalgae? Oh, many other ways. Actually, microalgae has been like evaluated in this field, like just for the tertiary treatment, which means just for when you decontaminate water, you use, you use microalgae for the final step. But we used to clean water with bacteria. And that's the most spread treatment for is like called activated sludge is the technical name of that plants. And in Europe, for example, you have most of your plants are from activated sludge. It's bacteria that treat the pollutants in the water, eat the pollutants also, but have a little problem <laughs> is that the bacteria are like, I say you like microalgae are like plants, no? Well, bacteria are like animals. So they eat and they poop. They poop is also toxic. So this, that, that is large, is very, is very toxic. And that plants have to, to dispose that is large in many, many ways. Now mm. we are trying 
and for we, we, we say humanity, they have solution for use that it's large for energy generation and other things, but this is very toxic and dangerous. But, and that are the most common treatment system for water uh, treatment. Also, there are a lot of filtration technologies like reverse osmosis that are very frequent in oil companies and they have the problem that consumes a lot of energy. So okay. now we analyze this, the solutions in a holistic way. So it's not just that works, but it works without a lot of energy or works without generate another toxic pollutant in the process. We are trying to, uh, in that, in that, that's why microgear are, are being like seen today, like a solution because have like more environmentally sustainable approach. Talk to me about that, about the energy process that you were talking about before. So you have the end result that you're going to throw in the stream, the 12, 14 gallons per day. But in throughout that process, there's this body of this bunch of algae that can also be used to produce energy. But not in the same, in the same case. I mean, when we decontaminate okay. that natural water body, all the biomass mm. is injected for in some way to the environment and the so plankton eat it. And the, that is like the, the, all, all the system, natural system consume that biomass. In the production energy, is the case in we use cell industrial facility that we call biorefinery uh, at the end of the pipe of sewage of a city. So it's a facility that replaces a wastewater treatment plants and use the sewage, the water poop. we poop yeah. of the cities to grow microalgae, capture uh, carbon dioxide in the process and then transform the biomass produced into energy. And then that our proposal is to use the enormous amount of sewage that we produce every day around the world to culture microalgae, capture carbon dioxide and produce energy. And that's the good part of this is because we are so much humans in the world we produce so much poop. So the process is applied massively, could help us to reduce the amount of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere. Take me through this process. Sorry to interrupt. Take me through this process again. We have the traditional treating plants that treat the sewage, whatever comes through your toilet, ends up yeah. in a water body somewhere in the city. Yes. What happens normally? What happens normally is that the, well, in the best cases, and just for the 3% of the water of the big cities, the major cities, that water goes to wastewater treatment plants that usually use bacteria to consume and retire the organic load that is the poop of the water. And then the bacteria have to be, that is large, that is the bacteria body have to be disposed in some way. You can burn it, you can put it in the, in landfills, but the point is the water is better means decontaminated and then the, we put the water in the river, back okay. in the rivers. Yeah. You know, the, the problem with that, 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 like I say before, it consumes a large amount of money represented in work and energy. And then just the biggest cities and the more developed cities in the world can pay that. So the 70% of the water that are produced in smaller cities and towns are just not treated, goes directly to the rivers, the poop 
goes to the river. So <laughs> the problem here was technological, yes, but was also a financial problem. But you say like, why they don't treat it? Because it's not profitable. Can You can pay it because the, that, that small towns can produce enough money to pay that process. So the, the companies that offer and develop that technologies can go there and install a facility and run the facility because they, they, go, they get broke. So our idea was, okay, let's create this technology in a way that you can uh, install small biorefineries. And that biorefineries doesn't survive or doesn't cleaning the water or charging for cleaning the water. They survive charging for the energy that they produce. And because of the energy can be produced everywhere, and you only have to turn cable and you can inject the energy to the system of the country, that facilities could successfully clean the water, produce the energy, capture the carbon dioxide, but uh, survive financially. So the water, so the water is cleaned by the uh, microalgae. Yeah, that's clear. Then the energy comes from where? The energy comes from transform the biomass that are the microalgae bodies in yeah. uh, seen gas and that seen gas into energy. What kind that of gas was, is that? What? What, what kind of gas is that? The seen gas is a special, it's a, a different type of, a, of a, like natural gas. It's just like a, a, a broader, it's a different yeah. type of, of a gas that you can burn. But in okay. this case, uh, you burn it and because you have the microalgae there, you can take the gases, the CO2 and all the gases, and put inside the microalgae reactor to avoid that the gases go to the atmosphere again. Mm-hmm. So the process gets clean. Hmm. And okay. you, you create energy, like with, when you uh, uh, turn on a, a, a jet turbine. So it, it, it goes from chemical energy to, to electric energy? To electric that... energy, yeah. Okay. And, uh, but so the two facilities are not the same, basically. The facility that cleans the water that ends up in the swamp is not the same of the facility that produces basically the bio-refining, the refinery. The refinery is more complex. All the facilities just for create enough microalgae to clean a swamp, for example, or a river. Yeah. Yeah. You you use this one of the reactors of the bio-refinery, just one. The okay. refinery half of the four reactors. Yeah. Okay. You have to and, connect. And, and in, in this town in the north of Colombia, do you have both kind of facilities or? No. Or are you no. doing both processes? No. Where are you working with, with the biorefineries? The biorefinery just in the pilot scale development okay. state because are expensive. Okay. And then we are, we are actually currently we're working in find enough funding for create one for a city in North Colombia, basically. How much funding do you need? What? How much funding do you calculate that you need for this? For example, for that facility that we are like projecting now is a facility that is capable, will be capable to treat like 2 million people serious and you need an investment of 70 million. 70 million dollars. US dollar. But for half a like a comparison, if you can solve or you can treat the same amount of water with the regular technology you will have you will need that 250 million investment okay yeah so it's 
Like it's better. We like think three, it's better. Three times cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, it's three times cheaper. It just the just the initial investment. But then when But is this is is there someone else doing it somewhere else? There are people doing similar things in Europe, for example, I think in the North Europe, I don't remember exactly the city or the place, but they, for example, they clean the water from ecology and then they produce gas. And then they have a fleet of cars that use that gas for fuel, like fuel. Interesting. They, they don't produce energy in that city. And it's a real facility in the North Europe. I have, to, I think it's Norway. I, I don't remember in the moment, sorry. Mm -hmm. But I was very very viral when they turn on that and mm -hmm. there's another city in the north of uh, Europe in which they turn down a coal energy generation facility because they install another uh, general uh, energy facility with micro-G. Does it mm. depend on which algae, like the energy generated is better with certain type of algae than other or it doesn't matter? Yes, yes, definitely. It's always a, it's always an important point to select the species that you use in your process for the swarm discontamination or for the energy production facility using sewage. You always will have to make a selection process. That's a little expertise needs in that. And the, and so, can you, as a business, can you export or sell this microalgae to maybe no. people that don't have access or like? Governments, towns that don't have access or the know-how. You can export. You can export the equipment, the patented uh, reactors. But the the correct way to do it is to go to the town, and and find the microalgae there. Right, like you said in the beginning, like it's important yes. to keep the ecosystem as natural yes. as possible. Yes, actually, all the designing process of the reactor was around this. We will not make equipment that are like dependent of some specific species. We make equipment that could give the any species of microalgae the best environment possible to achieve the goal. The equipment have to run properly here or in Germany or in US or in Canada with a local microalgae. Mm -hmm. So the, the reactors that you build or that you own would work with any kind of algae basically? Any kind of algae, yeah, basically. That was that was all the, the 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 goal of the of the designing process. Talk to me about the algae market because I think like in Germany, in Europe, there's a lot of hype around eating algae. It's a superfood. I guess it's not a microalgae per se, but yes, how it is. do you see that it is a microalgae as well? Talk to me about this because there is a lot of microalgae that that they they are like right now being selling like a superfood. And the reason is because the microalgae produce some oils that are very good for human brain specifically, but for other things also. And do you remember that the last decade was the consumption of salmon and other of these orange fishes was very promoted because yeah. of the PUFAS. It's like the polyunsaturated fatty acids content. Yes. Okay. Well, it happens that that fishes have that molecules because they eat microalgae. <laughs> okay. So, so you, if you eat the microalgae, you're actually eating the source of it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's the idea. And then and there is a lot of superfood that are being like promoted now. And then, then you, you eat it in, in, and in, in a capsules, in a little yeah. capsule. So you improve your dietary income. Like it's the supplement. Healthy. Yeah. It's a supplement. 
supplement for your brain also for, because uh, the brain seems to use a lot of this uh, component to work well. So yeah, micro G are like exploding. <laughs> Everyone want to do micro G now because have uh, that kind of application, even for the agriculture, for example, now that we have this problem of dependency of chemical generated uh, crop stimulants. Now we yeah, are like fertilizers, fertilizer. Yeah. So now you can use also microalgae for that. And it's very good for the crops. Specific crops works better, but with some strains of microalgae, but in general, the biomass is good for use like fertilizer, biofertilizer instead, chemical generated fertilizer. So the carbon, the cost of these fertilizers are much better. And the best part, if you can produce the fertilizer in situ, for example, for Colombia, we depend like 100% of imported chemical fertilizers, and that's very expensive. And it's not good for environment. If you have to move the fertilizer from Ukraine to Colombia to produce the potatoes here in Colombia, it's better to produce, for example, the micro G biomass here in Colombia and use it here in Colombia. It's much right. better for the environment. You know, How difficult it is to produce that fertilizer out of the algae, for example? I find very easy to produce, but the truth is that the trick is are in the volume. It's mm -hmm. not easy to sustain, apparently, it's not easy to sustain that level of 14,000 gallons a day of a stable culture in open reactors is not so easy for many people. Apparently, the reactor that we design make it easier. Because for us, it's like, I mean, we, we'll never have a problem of production. <laughs> but the truth is, yeah, sometimes it's difficult. And then because of that struggle, because it's more, I mean, the, 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 fer the chemical fertilizers are very stable. There are industrial facilities, they have everything standardized, and then they can provide the same amount, a huge amount of product in a very stable rate. And that doesn't happen with the biofertilizer producers, we are trying to change that currently. Do you see your infrastructure, your company growing into different markets? Like we yes. talked about algae being helpful in so many different ways. Do you see this, your company also growing into different sectors? Yes, we would like to think like that because we think that we can offer a very, very feasible and also profitable that is important to the, the thing be sustainable in time for a circular economy and in many, in many, many aspects. And this is a need that we have like society, like species. Humanity needs to be more circular because mm. it's not sustainable in the way that we have been running or live our, our lives and our production system until now. It's not sustainable. It, it doesn't like just from a very specific and simple example that you just mentioned is not sustainable to buy fertilizers from Ukraine in a country that has all the natural resources to produce biofertilizers like Colombia. Like it doesn't yes. make sense. It doesn't and make it, sense. It, it happens probably because there's a lot of financial reasons and, you know, Globalization uh, and, and not the capacity, the technical capacity to produce the biofertilizer. There I mean, is no capacity. Yeah. No, there is not. And there was not possible. For example, you mm. don't know how to do it. I mean, this technology to decontaminate the swamps was not a reality 10 years ago. 
now is happening daily and not just here, also in India, for example, and we are spreading the thing to the rest of Latin America and North America. But 10 years ago, that was impossible. Mm. You don't know how to do it. And for example, trying to decontaminate the swamps, then we learn how to produce in a stable way a larger, larger amount of, of micro-G biomass. So now we can apply that to the biofertilizer field. And this is a learning process that is right. daily happening. <laughs> right. How big is your team, by the way? My team is very small. <laughs> <laughs> and they remind me that every day. <laughs> we, are less okay. than, we are less than, than 12 persons in, okay. in the company. And we yeah. work with, uh, with partners in the places we, where we go. And we're trying to improve that because this really need to be more bigger because they, we have a lot of demand of services in many, many places in Colombia and out of here too. How important is to connect with the local, local community? It's essential. It is mm -hmm. essential. You, you can't do a project like that without a proper connection with the community. And, and that was a debate. I have to recognize that. We was looking for the funds for the Santiago Postal decontamination process. We have a delay of more than a year because there was some of the of the of the jury of the people that decide to give us or not the money that think that because it was a biotechnological process, there was they was not agree that we I was putting money in the communication with the community process. They say mm -hmm. like. That's, that's out of the field. I said, but I can go there and make an experiment and make biotechnology in their stream and their swamp without talk with them. I have to, I have to include them more than talk. I have to include them in the process. It's their swamp. It's not mine. I'm an outsider for them. And honestly, that was very challenging because my fellow scientists, because was my scientist, was my colleagues, scientists, colleagues, the thing that. No, no, no. This money is for biotechnology, <laughs> not for community intervention. I say like, yes, but I am intervening and then going to the community. I can ignore that. And honestly, that's essential. You have to talk with the people. We have to understand how the people understand the problem. We have to share with them and we have to listen to them because not because you have a PhD and you're the, the most uh, <laughs> smarty pan. In your field. You're, you're the green warrior. Yeah, I am the green warrior and all that shit. But I have, I, I, I don't know nothing about the place, their lives, how they interact with the water. It's their water. So it's, you have to have like, you be humble and sit with them and learn with them about what they know about the body water. And that's also a beautiful process. I have to recognize. I learned I, I a imagine. lot. I, I can imagine about that people. Yeah, yeah. The people, the people that have been positively affected by by your work. What what is their experience so far? What do you hear from them? Well, this is very bar. I mean, there is a lot of reactions. Many people, most of them, are very grateful, and they enjoy and they learn. The kids mostly because we got we were with the schools in the zone, and they learn everything about microg and they know now everything about phycoremediation and they use the jargon and they use well it was very beautiful process also the older people but there is also other social actors that 
always expect more about the project. They say, okay, the swamp is now clean, but what about me? I have no work. And so like, oh, I have no job. I say like, oh, okay, but uh, I, I, I don't know how to solve that with Michael G, you know, right. it's a social problem. And then we try to transfer knowledge. I don't like that term, but what we do was to t try to teach them to feed fish with Michael G. <laughs> to, to try to, they like install uh, fisheries, like uh, to try to, they make a business with the Michael G. And then we, we teach them how, how to grow the micro G in a very simple process with the simple medias, with tanks that you can find in, 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 in the, in the shop and then feed the, the, the fishes in tanks also with, with the micro G to try to them, to give them like a tool to make the, the micro G also a tool for their lives. But this you're is creating like, like a entrepreneurship ecosystem yeah, within something like that, but that doesn't work very well. I mean, okay. because, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you don't have the answer for everything. <laughs> no, of course. I, I understand. It, it is a process. Yeah. You know, when, when people here in Europe ask me about Colombia, I have to say there's a lot of positive things I can tell about people in Latin America. One thing that catches my attention a lot of times though, is this difference between Europe and Latinos. One of the main differences I would say is that here especially in the north of Europe, people like and are already somehow trained in their mind to plan and strategize for longer than six months, one year, six years, 10 years in the future. Yeah. And people in Latin America, not everyone, but a lot of us are more living on a day-to-day -day basis. Yes, that's true. And yes. that has a lot of positive things, but also has a lot of negative things. One of the negative things may be, for example, starting a company or a known project. It takes time. You have to do it day by day, step by step. You're not going to see the answer from one day to the other. You're not going to solve a, some, a, an economic problem from one day to the other. So. I think what you're doing is fantastic, building this entrepreneurship ecosystem on top of what you're doing with the algaes and helping the environment and, of course, the people around the environment that you are affecting. So with that, I really appreciate you being here, Jaime. It was a pleasure to have you on. I hope next time we talk we can talk more about microalgaes and hopefully then we have more info on how we can solve the problem of microplastics in the water. Cause I think oh. that's the big, that's a big issue. <laughs> oh, that will be great. That will be great. No, thank you, you to, to invite me to this space. I, I have uh, like, like no experience with, with this kind of interaction online, but it's very interesting and I'm very grateful to, to, for your invitation and your space to, to talk and tell about my process and my some winnings but also some some struggle <laughs> absolutely and thank you so much for sharing you're definitely a green warrior thank say hello thank to you. your team and till next time okay One love. thank you so much okay bye bye, bye, -bye. ciao here at the mr rad show we provide first-hand information straight from the original source of knowledge the personal opinions of our guests don't necessarily reflect those of Mr. Rat. This show is brought to you by The Rat House, an unbiased, transparent, agendaless, independent media house. Our theme music is written and produced by Marco Mello.